Hello and welcome to the Catholic Nerds Podcast, your source for Mithril, Silmarils, and quality Catholic nerdery. This is Scott, Mary, Cody, and, and, and my special our special guest or recurring I... guest, <laughs> Eric Dumont. Eric That's me. Dumont. <laughs> That's you. Hooray. So, so tonight... We bring you a very special episode on the Rings of Power. We have nice things to say, and we have some not nice things to say. And most of mine will be complaining. (laughs) (laughs) As most people who listen to this podcast know, I love complaining. (laughs) I'll try to balance that with some nice things, but uh, (laughs) uh, let's go around maybe and start with our number one favorite thing about the show and then we could do a round of our number one hated thing about the show okay <laughs> and then work our way down until we yeah i'll do that about 10 more times so rings of power amazon's billion multi-billion property of creating the end of the second age of middle earth um from whatever writings from Tolkien that they had copyright to at the time, which did not include the Silmarillion or anything that Christopher most Tolkien of the second touched. age takes place in. <laughs> yeah. So there's some retconning going on, but this is basically the prequel to Lord of the Rings, uh, which was already prequel prequel. by the Hobbit. So it's a prequel prequel. Mm. A pre-prequel. Um, yeah. <laughs> uh, anything. So main characters galadriel and uh it's quickly because oh major spoiler alerts to follow mm. especially especially with regards yeah. to sauron yes. the major Lord. spoiler alerts. major spoilers <laughs> major <laughs> so if you have not seen the rings of power and or uh yeah so if you have not seen it yet and want to actually see it i, I don't know why you would want to but if you do <laughs> um <laughs> go watch it you really feel. put this put this podcast on pause go watch it all uh oh, eight, we'll eight hours of it or whatever and come back we'll and continue the conversation here we'll still be here waiting we'll still be here we'll be on pause this is we are transcendental in time we're in the universal now you are we are at your beck and call at your command Speaking of the command, um, this this show, at least season one, is a big lead up to the forging of the Rings of Power. Um, we see at the end of this season the forging of the three rings for the Elf Lords. Um, but we know from Lord of the Rings that ultimately there's going to be one ring to bind them, one ring to find them. Um, the one, one ring. ring to bring them all into dark. And in the darkness, bind them. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so that one ring and the one who forged it uh, was kind of uh, what was all getting teed up in this season one of Ring of Power. Yeah, I can kind of say it, it's the setup season. Yeah, they're trying to set up the world, flesh out the characters, ninety percent of which are completely made up for <laughs> <laughs> by Amazon. Um, yeah. So I can I can see where what they were trying to do. 
So you said we should start with the things we liked about the show. Maybe not like non-spoiler stuff. Yeah, because if we can't th- say anything things. nice, we shouldn't say anything at all. I feel like that's right. not like then we might as well just disband our podcast. I can say nice. <laughs> <laughs> you should bar me from showing up. <laughs> I said anything nice. Now we can say whatever we want. <laughs> all right, well, let's you know get to, to it. Say. Scott, what'd you like? Because <laughs> um, I got stuff to say. Uh, you want well, you want to you want to start, Eric? Okay, sure. Yeah. Um. So, what do you like, Eric? What did I like? What did I like about it? Because there's a lot that I did. Uh, I, I am, just because of my my background and in going into television and film in college, from what I've seen and what I've experienced in my own life, um, you know, I have a lot to a lot to criticize for the show, and especially being as big a Lord of the Rings fan as I am, but. The things I do will say that Amazon did do well. Uh, I'll give you one so you guys can give give the other ones. Um, my favorite part of the show is the beautiful map transitions they did in between, like going in between the stories, because the 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 whole show revolves around like four or five different storylines, yeah. and going back and forth in between them, and when characters move around. They would show they would bring up a map and and it was beautifully animated and it i think that's what lord of the rings really needs in any future productions is a map so we could tell where our characters are exactly because that 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 was like perfect but the downside of that though as much as i like it they they like abandoned it halfway through the show i think episode four or five was the last time they used it in the last couple episodes, they didn't bring it up again. Oh, yes. Because I don't figure we I'm, knew where everyone was. I did not. I, I guess, but still, I I, I feel like... Because those Hobbit folk are making... Putting there's some a miles. lot of traveling. Yeah. Well, yeah, I mean, there was a lot of traveling, but it, but yeah, I mean, it still would have been yeah. nice to see the the Even if it's just the lines, the map coming up for a few seconds, the lines showing the characters going from one... Oh, excuse me. One place to another, like right. when uh, Galadriel and Halbrand go from the Southlands up to Eregion, you right. know, or Linden. I'm sorry. It would have been cool to kind of see like how far they had to travel, right? Mm-hmm. But I have this. I have a suspicion of why they stopped doing that because they did it in a particular episode, and I'll get into that when we get to spoilers. So okay. <laughs> But anyway, uh, what about you guys? What did you like about the show? I liked that I got to watch it with my wife. Oh, that's so nice. Are you saying there was nothing you liked about it? No, no. I, I, so, I just, I, I was being cheesy. Anyways, um, I, I would say that because I'm not like a um, big Lord of the Rings nerd, uh like we're we're like lovers of the films but i don't think either neither, of us have, i tried reading the books i don't think either of us has read the books i, I actually read the hobbit okay don't, don't uh, turn off I, your podcast player right now yeah yeah i, I read well, the hobbit we, and i read what we figured we're here representing the average, the average viewer person yeah, and yeah. you guys are here representing the experts so we're the voice i was gonna say of, the nerds but whatever okay. right yeah experts the nerds same thing um i did read um 
the uh, Fellowship of the Ring, and I got halfway through Two Towers, and you I was like, this is tower. so, so <laughs> slow. Yeah, I read One Tower. Um, <laughs> anyway. that, that's a good one. I'm going to start using that. Anyway, so um, what was your favorite part? But yeah, so my my favorite part, I, I guess, was... Um, what was the the not Galadriel, but the other main elf's name? Elrond. No, not that guy. Agent yeah. Smith. He's the Legolas of this story. Yeah, yeah, he is. Because like he's the, so ba. The, like he's just, Arondir. Arondir. Okay, yeah. He's, he's definitely got his. Well, I can't remember him because he's not actually in the film, or he's not actually in the the source material. But he's made up. But he's totally a ba character, like legit ba so i just i thought that was pretty great uh i, I enjoyed the scenes that 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 he was in uh especially the action scenes that he was in i also enjoyed learning a little bit more about uh the don't, don't say the silmarils <laughs> origin yeah, I, of the orcs in this uh, universe that's what i was gonna say well I, that's pretty accurate ish which do the orcs in the movies have that super pale skin that burns in the sun. No. Yeah, so that's why um, that that was that was something Armand. that was completely made up. Yeah, too. Was it really? It wasn't part of some rose. Some... No, so, no, yeah, that's, they, that's pretty accurate because that's why the uh, they didn't their skin didn't burn. Manufactured. Yeah, well, they weren't not vampires, but yeah, that's why Saruman were... manufactured the Urukai so they could travel by day. Right, right. right. Because but, uh, oh, originally the orcs they they didn't. Okay, spoilers. I guess we're already in the um in, in the rings of powers series they have it so that the orcs can't be in the sun otherwise their skin starts burning up like they're vampires kind of thing but oh i just and, thought they were super pasty like me right <laughs> which is what happens to mary when she's out in the sun yeah it's like her skin does the same thing yeah um <laughs> but in the in the actual lore they don't they don't burn up they just get they just get really loopy like they get kind of drunk when they're in the sun okay. kind of thing so interesting which i didn't remember anything about that from the movies like i I had no clue they could only travel at night in the book sauron would um conjure darkness um when they would Mm. go into battle or they just would attack at night Ah. and i guess the two towers happens the battle happens at night right yeah most most of your i mean most of those were orakai though so at that point Irrelevant. Yeah, it wouldn't. Have, it would have been irrelevant. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, your Dagor, Daggerland. Um, yeah. Um, you know, so when when Gandalf comes with the sun. Yeah. Whoa! <laughs> new level of wow. Yeah. That's so. That's what he's doing is piercing the darkness conjured by Sauron, and yeah. uh, and they kind of had it as. I just thought he was just blinding them for a moment. But... Well, that too. Well, and that brings up a good point that the the metaphysics of middle earth there's a lot going on with light and dark right because you begin with the all the light of middle earth comes originally from those two trees right well originally the two lamps and then the two trees right Uh um and uh, those you know then then eventually we have the sun and the moon but um ungoliant like the uh the mother of shelob the spider right yeah another massive spider and melkor morgoth drink the the light 
um, consume the light of the trees. Or she loved us, Morgoth doesn't, but yeah. Uh, Golian, yeah. Or yeah. And so, I mean, there's there's a lot going on with light and dark. So that, right. that and that's why you see the orcs um, fighting in the nighttime. That's why you see Gandalf fighting with the light. Even the um, the Mithril and the Silmarils, right? The the whole basis, which they can't get to, is that the Silmarils had some of that light, some of that original light in them. Wait, time out. What were the Silmarils? So that's the that's probably what I hate about this show is that they didn't have copyright to the full story of the Silmarils, which is the Silmarillion. Right. Right. So they okay. conjure this. Um, I don't I don't know if it's completely made up, but it's the it's, yeah, um, the myth, the backstory of the mithril is completely made the, up. the song of the roots of Hithaglier. Um so that's the tree. Apparently there was this Silmaril um, to back up the Fionor forged the Silmarils. They're like the Arkenstone kind of from the Hobbit, you know, that this There's, beautiful they're, jewel. They're a bunch of beautiful gems that have the light of the trees. Remember in the first episode, those really beautiful trees in the background? Yeah. Those were the, the trees of Valinor and uh feanor used the light from those trees to build these gems and they're like super powerful and very sought after from the uh um feanor sons and and a lot of the elves and stuff like that so right and so that's that's the what went wrong was the noldor um like feanor and his sons and his brothers um, they fought over the Silmarils and they ended up killing. There was fratricide, there was infighting, and uh, Fionor and his sons uh, split up the Noldor, went to Middle-earth to regain, recapture the Silmarils from Morgoth, and there was the, the doom of the Noldor came upon them for all those things. But that they're not able to reference that in the Rings of Power. That's the whole you know, reason why they want to get back to the Undying Lands and the return and redemption from that. That's the whole arc. But they had to create this um, song of the roots of Hithaglir to give you another idea of what the Silmarils were, sort of. Mm. Um, another basis for what the elves are trying to do in Middle-earth right now. So the song of the roots of Hithaglir... That's, <laughs> that's where the tree right there's a uh-huh. elf, elven war elvish warrior and a, a, a balrog fighting over this tree remember when gilgalad says right. oh it's this apocryphal yeah. tale that mm-hmm. maybe wasn't so apocryphal uh-huh. and there's a silmaril in the tree and it's struck by lightning and that creates the mithril right Right, that Durin then finds, and his father Durin the Third won't let him mine, yeah. and they use that mithril to forge the rings, right, of power. Uh, I don't know if it's just going to be the Elvish rings, but mm. yeah, that all had to be fabricated because they didn't have access to this copyrighted information about the Silmarils, right? And that they're in line. I mean, that's the central problem with this series. That's why I'm like, that's why I'm focusing on it. Cause I think you kind of have to explain that before you can understand the, the cracks in the foundation. 
I think my favorite part, I thought the, I, I more or less really liked the, the actors they got, um, the casting, except for the fact that I found it really difficult. The fact that I don't think Galadriel. Wait, you like? Well, I was just going to offer an exception <laughs> to what I liked that I found it very difficult that Galadriel and. Um, Halbrand. No, no, Galadriel and an elf boy with the disappointing oh. hair. Elrond. Elrond. Galadriel and Elrond. <laughs> I so, remembered a name. You did. Very good. Boom. High five. Nice. Um, that the actors they hired, I feel like, bear like zero resemblance. Yeah. To, I mean, they stuck long blonde hair on her, but uh, but that's where the resemblance for both of them stops. He doesn't even have the hair. And mm. and to me, I just couldn't, I could not wrap my mind around the idea of them being younger versions of those actors. Those actors have such a presence and these two yeah. like they're they're likable enough people mm-hmm. but they right. to me they don't have the stage presence that Kate Blanchett and Red Skull dude <laughs> his name is what that they do um so the casting for, for the most part really liked the cast thought they were a powerful group of people and um and also that I thought that if it was a standalone series that the plot that it was an enjoyable series to watch if it weren't for the fact that i knew that it was kind of violating it didn't feel really part of the grander it felt kind of separate it felt kind of it didn't feel like it fit in with the sort of feel of the movies but if it was just its own Mm. thing it was enjoyable to sit and watch so i guess that was my favorite my two favorite things yeah, it kind of was its own thing <laughs> yeah exactly <laughs> yeah because I, I i could see why i mean i don't think it i don't think they were trying to get people who looked like the peter jackson actors yeah they were just trying to do their own you know they're trying to do their own thing and that's that's understandable but yeah i just yeah uh i agree that some of the some of the characters just didn't feel like they fit the part and and, and all that but yeah anyway uh scott what was your favorite things let's see um so howard shore returns um that's pretty yeah. awesome uh or no then, was it howard shore in there yeah um, i don't think he did that yeah he did it but the actual scoring was done by uh god of war dude yeah so bear mccrary is scoring the whole series but howard right. shore did the title theme okay um yeah and he's got yeah, you know a cool. whole uh, bag full of oscars so that's right good. yeah so yeah we i don't think we had fran walsh and renee fleming and you know all those guys return but i was happy that the music you know some of the the uh the setting the texture the feels of middle earth were largely intact right the the cityscapes the the um New Zealand kind of look, the Peter Jackson-esque qualities. I thought that was, it connected. Yeah. It wasn't like we were going from the 80s cartoons by Rankin and Bass, which are awesome, um, mm. to Peter Jackson. It was, um, <laughs> it was the same vocabulary. Right. Yeah. I agree. Yeah. Although some of the costuming... Uh, well, we'll get into the things that we didn't like, but I, I felt like some of the costumes <laughs> felt mainly just the chica that went with the guy you were talking about, the the girl that 
that she was walking around like in a tank top and i was like no one before now has gone sleeveless i i was, don't understand i existed at that time and i i have you to tell you that that's, that's what i wore all the time okay. <laughs> anyway. back in the day yeah yeah in middle earth in middle earth yeah in the previous talking, life you talking about iran deer's um girlfriend bronwyn yes, yes bronwyn yes yeah, which bronwyn. which i yeah. which she's great i love her I just, which her, her costume alone is probably not worthy of this much tension, but just, it bothered me. It just didn't, it didn't have the feel to me of other Middle Earth and attire. Oh. It felt very. Oh, sorry. Okay. And the uh, front, the front part was a little open. It was a little yeah. open. It was a little, yeah. open. A little bit more, yeah. <laughs> a little distracting. Yes, going but, on. Yeah. yeah. And we're used to there. Yeah. And then yeah. the, I don't remember. I didn't pay attention. <laughs> wink. No, is it? Oh, no wink. I don't remember. I'm trying to remember. I'm, I'm, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Is no, it, I, um... Like, I was questioning if she was supposed to kind of be like a lady of the evening kind of thing. <laughs> I'm serious. Like, I was like, is this really? what her character yeah. is? Is like, I mean, compared to, woman slash... the, compared to all the other, like all the Peter Jackson characters, like we never had that. Yeah. Mm. Right. right. There's that other uh, Aryan. Uh, uh, Isildur's sister or something? Oh, yeah. yeah. Uh, she looked so much like Emma Watson to me. Yeah. You know, Hermione. And but no. like, at a picture now, she looks like Daisy Ridley. So I don't I, see that. I could see. Yeah. That I could yeah, see. Yeah. I don't see Hermione. Yeah. I don't see Emma. Um, I was going to say another thing that I, I, I actually really enjoyed were the hobbits. Yeah. Wait, we're, we're not doing multiple things <laughs> actually i forgot that was bring, gonna be my they can one bring it up thing. they can bring it up that was actually gonna be my one thing and then i forgot you like the, the you like the hobbits the harfoots yeah the harfoots. yes i really enjoyed yeah. that oh yeah yeah that yeah if you, if you tell the showrunners hobbits they will they will vehemently correct you and say no harfoots harfoots they're different well, well, no, they're, well, they're, they're, they're they're hobbits they're hobbits yeah they're, but they're, they're supposed hobbits. to be they're the precursors right like, yeah yeah they're they're one of the three tribes of hobbits they're okay. they're a they're a mendicant so they're a subgenre <laughs> of hobbit but they are hobbits now, are they well, canon like in the books yeah yeah they well, are okay now here's yeah. my question names but are... but the way they they're portrayed they're portrayed in the show is not canon what okay. do you mean like just, sojourners. The, just how they were like sojourners and dirty yeah Oh wait, that they weren't so like the hobbits didn't bounce. I mean, around they, like they 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 didn't bounce. They didn't bounce around like that. They they did migrate uh, west because uh, they were on the other side. Uh, they were on the other side of the Misty Mountains. Mm-hmm. They were on the Rohan side at one point, like when they first show up in the in Tolkien's lore or Tolkien's lore. Well, they're um, still on the Rohan side of. Uh of the misty yeah. right yeah they're on the they're on the east side and then at some point all three of them go to the west side and then they split up and they they uh regather and um repopulate and all that stuff so and I then th- they eventually they eventually all like migrate uh west to uh so is does the lore contradict this account of them like being little sojourners all year or- yeah yeah where where they're like 
scavenging kind of kind of stuff yeah. and i don't think that that portrayal is is 100 accurate oh but right. i kind of enjoyed that I, yeah. like, I was, but i mean like there there's i guess there is some value to it there because obviously the the hobbits had to start out at some point but i mm-hmm. think and uh, this might be a, more of a question for jp um i think that the hobbits are actually like they're like a i don't know if i want to say mutation or just an evolution of human beings um and they they just eventually got down to the point where they or they evolved to the point where they're they're so short as they are Uh, yeah because they they weren't one of the original races that came about in in the first which is uh, why they didn't have a ring Oh, yeah. I, I would disagree. I would disagree with some of that. Um, uh, yeah, I might totally be wrong about because yeah, about the, the history of them. What's what's what I think they're setting up, and I think it's going to be awesome, is where they end up is very close to the Gladden Fields. The Gladden Fields are where uh, Isildur is killed by a band of orcs, and the One Ring falls into. Uh, a tributary there that goes to the Anduin, uh, you know, like the Mississippi River of 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 Middle Earth, and so remember that's where Smeagol uh, and Deagle, uh, who are who are River Folk people, uh, will find the One Ring. Right. So these River Folk, which is interesting, because um, Smeagol's people were ruled; it was a matriarchy at that time. And you're kind of seeing it set up like there's this old woman that 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 ran um, that kind of was the head of their government. And you kind of see that setting up with these with these creatures. Um, so I can see them setting up a river folk like these are the 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 four people to the river folk because oh. they're not exactly hobbits. But I'm not entirely. Was it was it the Harfords or was it the stores that were the the river folk? The last names, yeah, because of the three original tribes of hobbits, I I'm per, I have to look it up again. I think the store it was the the stores the Harfoots and oh, what was it? Well, the Tooks are pretty ancient because they've got Might have been Tooks, yeah. Um, I I you know you may have because you've you have a number of families in Hobbiton that you know proud foots and different footses so it may be that this was the the yeah, the yeah I could I could see them trying to set that up though, to the but, Shire yeah yeah I just when y'all are saying how they're possibly setting stuff up I'm like dang it they're probably gonna have Nori have a baby at some point and name it Smeagol and I'm just yeah. gonna want to like. Uh, put some tables we're still <laughs> like what, like a thousand years. Oh, okay, good. Yeah. That would yeah. break me. I mean, oh, Smeagol's yeah. you know super old. Yeah. And right. Goes into the mountains. So the Gladden Fields, uh, like I think that river, that tributary <laughs> of the Anduin, flows nearby Rivendell, because he encounters uh, Bilbo encounters Gollum under the mountain, not far from Rivendell. So all of this is kind of happening and uh um some known locations right right what, one of the, what i was gonna say about liking the harfoots is uh, <laughs> sorry. sorry i cut you we off. Keep get, we keep getting rabbit holes here is is the contrast between 
these mendicants, uh, uh, hobbits, harfoots, this mendicant race versus this race from the Lord of the Rings that is basically just stationary, right? right? Very like scared. cloistered and scared. Like they're scared to journey out. So Which whenever they're... they go to journey out, it's like, that's a big deal. But know? they used to travel. But they everywhere. used to travel everywhere. <clears throat> but that's not canon. Like, it's, not like canon. it's a neat concept. It's a yeah. neat I mean, experiment. Yeah. I like the contrast. So. Yeah. Yeah. Whereas more of a, in the canon, it's more like a migration. They just, because of, you know, food and whatever, they just yeah. you know, kind of moved on danger and all that stuff. They didn't do this like big loop thing that they show in the, in, well, the, in the show. What's interesting is that, you know, Hobbiton and the Shire, basically uh, England and, you know, the little, the Shires, right? Because all the, England is divided into sh- Shires, um, Lancastershire, you know. Right, right. So, I mean, that's, you know, that's Tolkien's people, right? They love good tilled earth and beer and pipe smoking, you know, they they have become agrarian, settled down and small thinking and don't want to move and it's those same people that have to go fight in world war one and so yeah you see some of that right all right so we we've said all the stuff we like now can we get the good stuff (laughs) do you all want to do your number one um most hated thing about the rings of power Ooh. Man, there's so many good contenders for that one. Mm. Um, Maybe Eric should go last. I'm gonna go cause... first. Yeah, yeah. Go ahead, Cody. Just because you're gonna. My have, like, number big one ones. hated thing is that it I'm... wasn't long enough. You know, <laughs> I'm just messing with Eric. <laughs> uh, so before, like, I, I'm gonna so transition into it. I, I also kind of enjoyed how, like, it introduced the three rings first. And then kind of at the end, it felt like it, the, it, that song, like the the chant about the uh, three rings like to the elven the... kings and right, the, yeah. 11 yeah. to the, so there were like 20 rings total or something like so that. So I wonder if like every uh, season. So each season is going to be wonder if each a different will set end of rings. With a different Maybe, I guess. <laughs> that, well, that, that's I, what I, I think. I, I am not up. going to, I'm not going to even pretend far. to know what their plan is right that's what i'm thinking they said <laughs> i think it's possible, and which is but... which is kind of what i enjoy about why they ended it that way is like oh that's interesting so now we can kind of look forward to the next season we're going to learn more about the the was it the nine rings for men nine Matt, for men the... seven dwarves three for elves and the one ring for yeah. all Oh, well, I thought it was. But that was okay. something you enjoyed. That was not your least favorite. And, and what I'm transitioning <laughs> to. Okay, go is. Is like basically kind of, and here here comes some spoilers. In the end, like it, it just kind of ended quickly. Like I, I didn't. I. It was just. It was there, and then it was over. Yeah. You know, and and it, it like you get you you get all this stuff like like not not just one cliffhanger well yeah but this had like seven or eight cliffhangers like there there were there were too many stories that were not wrapped up that just kind of left you like holy cow like what wait what 
Like, is Isildur <laughs> dead or is he alive? There are right. no ways yeah. of knowing. Yeah, from no yeah. one knows. Yeah. <laughs> but, like, and that's JK. the funny part, is that fans of Lord of the Rings actually know how a lot of this is going to play out. Yeah. yeah. Right? Like, they know Isildur is, is obviously not dead. Like, that's just not possible. Unless someone starts pretending to be Isildur. Oh, <gasps> uh, yeah. So, like, and just different things like that. It's, it's like, well, people that are going to be watching the show are, are, well, I mean, like, the you probably cat- have some like me, but I just a casual wonder, watcher, right? You know, that that's not going to know that. I didn't know the name Isidor. Yeah, I gasped when they said his name. What about Isidor's hair? I don't remember that. <laughs> I, I have very poor memory when, when it comes to like watching things. So I can watch a lot of things like several times and still enjoy them like it's the first it's a, basically <laughs> well, superpower. Ignorance your least favorite place. thing <laughs> your least favorite thing was that there were too many loose ends there are too many loose ends like okay. there, there were too many stories going on at the same time and it, it just yeah it got to be too much i think yeah i like it when the fellowship's together not split apart right. yeah um charlie vickers in a vanity fair article might have told us exactly what's going to happen in season two Uh, so earmuffs if you don't want to hear this but uh spoiler alert for any for future possible spoilers um he teased the dark lord quote takes on different shapes in this era and hinted future episodes will likely are likely going to see more of that he has a beep load of rings to make he added and he gets to go to numenor and he orchestrates the downfall of numenor then he has to, to take another to Numenor, form. Go back to yeah, go back to Numenor. <clears throat> and then he has to take another form and go and fight in the Battle of the Last Alliance, the battle at the end of the Second Age. So I'm so not sure that if that's from two. his. I think they had like five seasons planned. Yeah. So uh, this next season is probably making a beep load of rings and taking on <laughs> another new form, possibly. Mm. And then maybe eventually getting to uh, the Dagor, Daggerland, or whatever it's called. Dagor Bregala. I think that that's not that battle. Anyway. The one that dead marshes were populated by. Right, yeah. Yeah, that was the battle of the last alliance. So were the marshes that the the Harfoots went through, were those the marshes that had dead bodies in them? Uh, It's speculated, but I don't think it is. Yeah, they wouldn't have had the dead bodies yet, right? Yeah, at right. that point, because that battle hasn't happened yet. But right, um, you, yeah. know, you know what else is weird? I I love rabbit holes, so you know, shoot me. But uh, <laughs> the Nazgul have already appeared at this time. Like it's they were not men, uh, lords of men that were given rings. Mm. Like if it, I think that's a common misconception. Um. Those are not like the lords of men that were given, you know, the nine rings. Those, the Nazgul were, they're already hanging around doing stuff, uh, sneaking around. My least favorite thing was when they said, like, what shall we call these lands? And he looks out at this thing that is obviously Mordor. And they put up on the screen the Southlands and have it fade away and have the word Mordor pop up. I was just like... I was like yelling at the TV. I'm like, that is the stupidest thing I've ever seen in my entire life. Now, if he, it was already going to annoy me if he just said Mordor. That was already like, I was like, okay, we know what you're going to say. 
but the fact that they took the trouble to write it on the screen like that i just found yeah. that, very intolerable that very sense too yeah it, that that is the exact same episode where they they um abandoned the map transitions that i said was my favorite part of the the show that exact instance was probably the perfect point to do the map transition or, or the map they, they and should have they had, had the map come up they should have had like you know all the drawings of the, yeah. the southlands and stuff and then have the had the volcano like erupt and then just like darkness right. like almost like fires underneath the map yeah. and just like yeah the paper of the across. Map yeah. you know, that would have been way cooler than, than this just lazy that, 10 second yeah. you know na- uh, yeah. the title transition that I can do in 10 minutes. The title transition Less felt like it felt like an insult. It felt like yeah. you really think we're that stupid that we needed this we, visual. This show cost but, a billion dollars. Where right. did it go? <laughs> Into those five seconds. Right. My theory why they did not do the map there is because it would have shown like uh Numenor is way too far away from Mordor. Yeah. For all this to happen in that sequence. And people would be like, wait a second. How did A get to B? Exactly. Yeah. <clears throat> Do you want to go on to your uh, least favorite part then, uh, Scott? Um, okay. I'm kind of tied between <laughs> two. I'll just go with the whole Rube Goldberg machine. Um, y'all know what a Rube Goldberg yeah. machine is, right? Like a uh, mm. very complicated way of like the Doing game mousetrap. Yeah. To like turn on a washing machine or something like that. Um, so we take this strange MacGuffin of Morgoth's or Sauron's sword or, you know, somebody's sword, uh, the remnants of it. And we follow this for a while. We don't know why. And then eventually it's used to turn. It's the key. It's to to open a spillway. Yeah. To open the, um, and that's a spillway that flows. All it does. Yeah, and that's all it does. Yeah, like it just—it's never shown to be like a powerful. I mean, it's shown to be like, oh no, I can't destroy it by hitting it with a hammer, kind of thing. Right. It's—it's like built up to be all this powerful thing, and then all it does is open. It moves a rock out of the way so some water can spill through. It's and and maybe the fact that there was some magic to that, but it was not shown like that. And and yeah. meanwhile, does water have that effect on volcanoes? No, no. Because <laughs> like, like okay, so like you have a big rainstorm. Oh shoot! Now we have a live volcano. <laughs> Mordor's be exactly. popping up everywhere. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So the fact that like uh, the Everyone's whole just ton- rubbing their heads. <laughs> <laughs> the whole concept. Uh, okay, this is a rabbit hole. I. I really want to get to this in detail. The whole concept of the creation of Mordor is absolutely stupid. I hate it. Let, let's put a pin in that because I, I want to go into super detail of that. Okay. Um, is there any is there any other bad things you want to bring up, Scott? Uh, again, it's kind of a geography problem, but Galadriel mm-hmm. jumping ship and acting like she was going to swim across the Atlantic, which you know, yeah. is the equivalent. <laughs> like, yeah. based on where the Undying Lands should be, like the entrance in dying land should be would have she would have already crossed an atlantic size ocean to get there and she's going to jump out and swim back that doesn't make any sense that particular visualization of the undying lands like passing through the stargate 
Oh. <laughs> Don't thought, that. Oh, I have it's... a I have a very less flattering image <laughs> for it. <laughs> it it I mean at best <clears throat> at worst Stargate at best it's the uh, the end of the voyage of Dawn Treader I guess Prince Cas I always forget which comes first between Prince Caspian but when they get to Aslan's country you know and you've mm. got um, the floating flowers covering the ocean and then you get to like a, a new shore gandalf described the undying lands in and possibly the most beautiful passage of all of tolkien's writing which is um you know a far green country this is when he talks to in the movie anyway this is yeah. when he's talking to pippin during the battle of gondor right in the um, book it that's not where it happened right. but yeah. yeah much like a lot of the you know scenes in the movie oh yeah far green country under a swift sunrise it's frodo who says it. it's not even gandalf that says it mm. a song that seemed to come like a pale light behind a gray rain curtain i mean that is the description of the undying lands and that's that's tolkien's understanding of heaven as well right, right? right. the veil of this world passes away and it's the beauty of a new heaven a new earth a new creation not the stargate yeah. which also but, is there is there okay. any indication in any of the books and any of the canon of galadriel being a warrior nope okay because it kind of bothered me they, well they flipped the, galadriel and elrond elrond was supposed to be the warrior right i mean he clearly is a warrior because we see him you know in battle yeah. um because i think it kind of bothers me when we're trying to turn every woman into like, this isn't a hill I'm going to die on or anything, but just that, like, like the idea that, that only the women who show up with a sword and fight are the ones worth talking about kind of, as opposed to that, like a woman who had great wisdom and, and spoke well. And, and I, I don't exactly know what Galadriel's position is, if I'm being honest in the other thing, but she seemed pretty dang, crazy important is what i was gonna say (laughs) and powerful and and very like peaceful and calm Um, and didn't she go insane what the heck are you oh you're talking no she didn't go insane was that not galadriel what the heck are you talking are you just talking about the part where she says how powerful she could be yeah i'd be terrible yeah yeah there's a part yeah she doesn't do that she doesn't I think I don't think the visual the Peter Jackson visual of her doing that I don't think that that was portrayed in the same way in the books right Um, I think I I think Peter Jackson just did that for Galadriel for the for the effect of how powerful the temptation to the ring is where in the book I I think it was more just a like a regular conversation kind of thing right and also kind of like how powerful she is just in herself Right. sort of that like that would be so amplified yeah by the ring so yeah it just kind of i don't know it just seemed not quite how her character has been presented yeah until mm. now i, I mean yeah. it, it's a, it is a tremendous disservice to her as a character mm. because she was ve- you know very powerful magically some of her powers include like predicting the future and i mean she couldn't see a paper what? bag and <laughs> Yeah. And then also um, that Sauron could not perceive her mind, though he could perceive his. That she could perceive <laughs> his mind, but he could not perceive her mind. That 
did not happen. <laughs> that was mm. reversed. Right. Yeah. Right. That whole thing just was very, I don't know, like the build up to that, I feel like was very, like they went from not giving any inklings that it was him to spoilers to suddenly <laughs> all the inklings so that it's like, well, okay, doy obvious like it was almost like well no it can't be him because they're giving us too many inklings that it's him at the last minute and then boom it was him and and the, i knew it i knew it from from the second episode when he showed up i knew that yeah. was i just i felt like it was yeah. a letdown you did i yeah. was uh, uh and then in our <laughs> yeah in our, want it to be in our chats i was just like adamantly <laughs> like everybody that's Sauron. they're like i don't know <laughs> Nope, you're all wrong. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so. they were so wrong. Uh, uh, I see what you did there. Yeah, um, I tried. I tried. <laughs> Pretty awesome. Okay, so I think this this thing, kind of building off of what Cody Cody said was his least favorite thing. My least favorite thing, and I think is the number one thing that's wrong with the series is the style of directing and writing it's the the showrunners of the show uh jd Payne and patrick you know anything else they did patrick mckay they they have not done their own show they are incredibly green (laughs) in hollywood they are uh, I listen to a lot of other YouTubers talk about this and stuff. Um, and they they use the word that Patrick and John are, or JD, they are uh, disciples of J.J. Abrams and his style of directing, which is the mystery box style, which is yeah. the absolute worst way to do movies, tell a story. Because they have zero idea they have zero plan about how the story is going to they just keep building off of these mystery boxes they just keep creating cliffhangers to explain later mm-hmm. and not explain later as in oh yeah we're going to place this here so in episode three we'll bring it back up again and it'll come full circle no it's cliff if you fall off of it and they just continue the story from there, and they they might bring it back to it. They, they might not. More que- their answers create more questions. It just create it creates so many questions. It creates a confusing story, and it is it is the most infuriating way to build any film or writing or anything like that. And that is that is the single most thing that has been an incredible disservice to Tolkien's writing so let me breathe here <laughs> yeah, um, so if, you, if you like yeah. Lost um, I mean it, it you know, worked like this, but... well, what was funny is J.J. Abrams didn't actually he's always credited for Lost but he, he did like three episodes oh, the <laughs> yeah yeah so but so he was he's not, yeah, the executive producer or whatever. Yeah, and the guys who are who are directing it and writing it and stuff like that, they they actually wanted to like end the show in like season two or three or something. Well, they but, had a writer but, strike at season. Yeah, there was a there was a writer strike. I mean, that was that actually wasn't the biggest problem. The biggest problem was the studio 
wanted them to keep pumping it out because it was the biggest show it was the biggest hit ever so they wanted them to keep going and keep going and keep going that's why near the end of the series it just got stretched real thin and it got really wacky with a lot of stuff um until eventually they gave him the green light to actually wrap up the show because that's what's what's uh sad about some shows and or yeah just shows in general whether it's animated or not there's a lot of shows that just don't have a proper ending and it and it's sad you know because studios get greedy and they wanted it to just keep going so they can milk that cow so speaking of cow <laughs> what what happened to the cow in freaking episode three man there's this cow that comes up and a Ron Deere's like, or uh, the one of the villagers uh, in the Southlands, like, there's something wrong with my cow. And a Ron Deere comes over and is like oozing black out of its udders. And we and don't hear anything. That they never answered. How did, yeah, the orcs showed up, but why is this cow oozing black goo? Well, that, yeah. That's Where was that coming the, from? That well, I think it was coming from Farmer tree. Turtles. Yeah, probably. <laughs> Turbles. Yeah, Turbles. <laughs> but, yeah. So, yeah, that's why. I so, my cow leaks. A cow has milk on Monday and Tuesday, and then Wednesday it, it oozes black goo. For those of you who don't get our, that reference, please check out our sister podcast, uh, Catholic, Catholic Nerds, Nerds Gaming, Catholic Legend Nerds of the Gaming. Radiant Lady. So yeah, that's that's why I went into the depths of the Doom of the Noldor before, is because okay, so instead of the the purpose for the elves wanting to get back to the undying lands now we've got this sauron created blackness that's sweeping over middle earth uh, instead of the time of the elves fading and their power fading that's that's what's being replaced and so that's you see the tree of the the elves gilgalad talking about you know that leaf uh, being covered in the black fungus and then when it's in the presence of the mithril Oh, it heals suddenly. Mm, yeah. Right, so that's that's the power play, that kind of subterranean power play going on. And I just, I don't like that. I mean, I understand why they had to do that. They had to come up with overarching purpose, but that's yeah. just not. And completely fabricating a, a backstory for Mithril <laughs> is is ridiculous. Well, I'm, I mean, are all the rings of power going to have to be is mithril gonna have to be annealed into the the ring and so does that mean well, yeah, but it was just it was just supposed to be just the material it was made of i don't think i think it was more the technique that sauron brought into the their creation okay that so he that he taught <laughs> the um the the elven blacks or the elven uh, smiths like of, he was supposed to be he was supposed linden. to be in yeah and he was supposed to be in linden for like a century or two yeah. like showing them all these techniques and how to build stuff and he was supposed to be the arbiter of of that and it, it, mithril is just the material they ended up using there wasn't supposed to be like a special thing to it yeah so, that was their plot yeah. device to yeah. shorten all that time and so is there yeah. a basis in the books for sauron it sounded like you were just saying sauron does spend time with the elves yeah yeah. as a smith that's in yeah in Linden, he's, yeah yeah because that's where he kind of like perfects his technique of like ring building and stuff um and maybe that's where he gets the idea of of or no i think he had the plan of creating the rings to ensnare the elves 
um but the elves are like way too smart for him so once once they were created and then he created the one ring the elves were like wait a minute something's wrong and they took the rings off immediately so they could couldn't get corrupted so they they were created and then and then then sauron's supposed to make the ring um and yeah he's he's supposed to spend a lot of time there because he's he's he shows up in linden and he shows up as anatar uh which the the word anatar means the lord of gifts and, he, and he's showing up and be like hey i'm gonna be really cool and show you all this cool stuff and and elrond elrond and galadriel were uh elrond gladriel and gilgalad were supposed to be like super suspicious of him but kellum primbor uh in his, in his hubris was like oh yeah you're super cool let's let's build some stuff and he spends a lot of time there he shows him a lot of techniques since Sauron is a Maiar, just like Gandalf is, um, so essentially he's an angel in a, in equivalency. Um, but where Sauron and Gandalf are different is Gandalf was sent to Middle Earth to help pe- uh, help humanity fight against evil, and not to use their power to, you know, just take care of everything. Whereas Sauron just wants to take that power that he has to just dominate everything. Right. Um, but yeah, and so he he hated the elves. That's why he wanted to sneak in there and pull a little sneaky on them, make the rings, and then uh, make the one ring and uh, try to take them over kind of thing. Gotcha. But yeah. Side note, it will forever bother me that they cast Celebrimbor, the actor that plays him, and the actor who plays Elrond. Elrond. to us they look so much alike like those two actors both have they both have kind of oddly shaped prominent chins that are very similar very prominent foreheads similar mouth shapes like they they easily could be cast as a very convincing father and son or brothers with a bit of an age difference and for me it was just kind of distracting the whole time but i was like Mm. they need to be related (laughs) how are they not related they look exactly alike or or a t- or two time traveling versions of you know what i mean like that this is you from the future that's come back right. and, you know <laughs> my so, yeah. my problem with Celebrimbor in in the in the show is more his the outfit that he picked out for him it looked more like a dress like he's wearing mm. some kind of like really fancy boo-boo or something like that yeah like i mean was it not yeah yeah you know, I some mean, kind that. of robe thing or something like that it's just the the colors and the patterns on it and stuff it looks like window drapes right um, but the well, uh, but his when he he changed into his like blacksmithing attire that was pretty cool i like yeah. i like the design of that i think the one character that i like their design the most is uh farazan he's the he's queen muriel's um uh advisor he's a right, guy with right. he's a guy with a super cool beard Oh yeah. yeah. And very yeah. and and volumizing shampoo. Yeah, like super okay. volumizing. Like <laughs> man, that guy, he doesn't need a perm at all. Um but man, okay. his, I think I think his design is is probably my favorite. Yeah. I just felt like the elves, the elf, the elves, I can elves. pluralize. Elves. I can do the plural of elf. <laughs> um their hair and everything in general was just a big letdown compared to what yeah is compared to what the movies had set up which you could figure okay well maybe this is a separate universe from the films 
But from what I understand, there are references in the show directly to things that are in the films and not the books. Right. And so it's not yeah, a it's separate like, universe. They, they kept what making, is this? Yeah, they kept <laughs> making references to Peter Jackson's films. Right, that's, that's what, what I mean. Yeah. yeah. And like, which is odd because originally uh, the showrunners for Rings of Power reached out to Peter, Peter Jackson and was like, hey, could you advise us on this? And he said, yeah, just send me a script. And then they never sent him a script and never asked for his help from there. Oh so, my gosh. Yeah. Yeah. And, they, and then they the... throw all these references in there. And and on top of that, a lot of the a lot of the like articles and stuff that's been written about the show and, and they were kind of bashing Peter Jackson's films. It's yeah. Just saying like, yeah. well, it's not, you know, it, it was made in a certain time, a certain place and time, and it's not inclusive enough, of course. Right, so. right. But never mind that it was meant to be a uh, Anglo-Saxon, right? Like, right, yeah, like uh, mythology. It's a mythology for England, right? And and then just when you watch the show too, it's 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 odd that they have to be they have to they had to be incredible, so incredibly inclusive about every race of people. Like you look at you look at all the crowds in Numenor, you can pick out the Asian people, you can pick out the black people, you can pick out you know, just a whole bunch of different race of people you would find in, in the real world. The same with the Harfoots. And it's just odd yeah. to see that because it's like there's Asian Harfoots. There's... Right, right. Which, so I was like, okay, I could I could deal with this because like... Right. I mean, like, they need if, extra, sure. If, if we can deal with the fact that Hamilton is the way that it is which we do like we enjoy watching hamilton you know like if right. if we can wrap our minds around a production where we're presented with something that's not realistic per se and not historical mm. but and none of this is historical right like this is all you know right. um mm. we we can deal with that you know like we can our brains can stretch enough to make this work but right. to me the problem was the fact that since they're also referencing the movies with like the line about follow your nose right at the end that that the stranger says is if i'm understanding correctly only in the films not in the books um various things are in the films not the books but this racial diversity is not in the film so is it a separate universe is it not is and also why it seems like genetics just don't play a factor in this universe at all as far as that that like these like you'll have children that do not look anything like the racial makeup of their parents in any mm-hmm. way. Well, um, oh, hello. Apparently what's happening is that all these races are going to come together as white people, finally. Yeah, eventually. Somehow. <laughs> somehow it works all get bleached. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Don't know how that works out. Right, yeah. And I thought, because I, I think Mary is making a reference to maybe Nori and her mother. Um, yeah. and I actually, uh, I think in one of the episodes where Nori's, uh, father, I, I forget her parents' names, but Nori's father has a conversation with, um, I have it here actually. Da, 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 I think her name was Marigold, wasn't it? Marigold. That was yeah. the mom's name, not the dad's yeah. name. I know. Yeah. When the dad and Marigold were talking, uh, I think it, it's, it's implied that she's actually his second wife. Yeah. Um, the first wife actually 
you know, got lost on the trail, which is another rabbit hole we can go down. That the yeah. Harfoots were actually horrible, horrible people. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It yeah, it seemed like there were points where it was like this feels kind of very survival of the fittest, what they're talking about, but then they seem so nice and sweet. Yeah, they're and, singing a song like nobody goes off trail. Nobody goes nobody off trail. And nobody, and nobody walks, walks alone. Yeah. Yeah. And then and then they're like, Oh yeah, uh, we left all these people behind. Yeah, but oh. we wait for you. <laughs> we'll wait for you. Yeah. Yeah. Symbolically, ankle broke. That was oof, yeah. that was vicious. Yeah. This guy, this guy got stung by a bee and died. Let's laugh at him. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It did. It felt. It was weird. Yeah. <laughs> it was a very odd combination of empathy and not empathy. And there's the there's so, the point where they're the one episode where they're traveling and, and stuff. They get to the. They get to the forest where they forage for mushrooms and, and things, and mm-hmm. they're finding like, oh, there's less mushrooms here. Um, and the Sadek's wife, the Sadek, the the leader of the Harfoots, and his, I, that's his wife, right? I I actually think. thought it seemed more like they were sort of like just the elders, and that they weren't because there okay. were two women, right? Um, that might have been, like... it, yeah. But she was she was like, you know, uh, there's not enough food here. We should leave leave uh, those other people behind. It's, Wow, nobody goes off trail. Nobody walks alone, eh? Right. Dude, right. Did we get a resolution yeah. of that? The wolf? Yeah. No. Yeah. Yeah. The wolves are just like the the stranger goes, and then okay. yeah. Right. <laughs> no resolution. Yeah. Exactly. Again, well, or, mystery box. Or the wolf at the very beginning that was stalking. Is yeah. that the wolf you're talking about? Yeah, that was that was like miles and miles and miles and miles away. Mm-hmm. Completely yeah. different. It was like oh, they're there's danger afoot okay does does the wolf come back no yeah (laughs) they actually get they actually get attacked by a different pack of wolves Mm -hmm. which weren't even they didn't really look like wolves yeah i I think they might have been like wargs oh yeah how how does everybody like the poodle warg (laughs) from the from the orcs i don't i don't recall the poodle warg is that the thing that attacks remember when yeah, remember when Ron Deer and all the other elves who are watching over the Southlands they got, yeah. you know, enslaved. Captured. Yeah. yeah. Which you know, how did they all get enslaved? Um, which also how did they all get captured and enslaved? But yet their fortress was still seemingly intact. Right. Exactly. That yeah. people could retreat to it. Continue. Mm-hmm. How did the elves who have had the greatest eyesight of any creature not see a big trench that's cropping right. up? And all these trees being knocked down. Yeah. They would have been able to feel the trees. Yeah. They were they were like salting the earth around this around this trench they were building. How did the elves not see this? Right. And two, and two, uh, you know, getting off another tangent. Okay, so the the whole concept of the creation of Mount Doom. So they got this, they got the sword, right? Which ends up being the key to the spillway. That opens up a dam. Mm-hmm. And that's it. That's its whole purpose. Mm-hmm. So, not included in that plan is a way for the water to get to Mount Doom to make it erupt. So, what was the point of the spillway? Sauron didn't have that as part of his plan. If he made, if that's the only purpose, why why wasn't there already a way for the water to travel to Mount Doom? Right. Or right. why? Why even that uh, whole complicated mess? I why did they just, just the key were, turn and then Mount Doom? You I know? thought they were just trying to find a way to travel undercover. 
yeah i mean that was that was was the initial it's like they tried to convince us that was what it was for at first and it turned out it had a double yeah and and that whole the whole concept of that is stupid too because one yeah they're like i mentioned earlier they're digging this giant trench they're enslaving a bunch of people to do it they're like destroying acres and acres of forest around the trench that could be easily noticeable by the elves why are they destroying the forest when the forest creates shade from the sun that the orcs are weakened by right i mean cut down the trees you need to to get you know down the path but every other tree that's hanging over the thing right what was the purpose of that like what at which that was that was another thing was that they seemed to like in in the original lord of the rings movies there are forests knocked down and there's a sense in which it's like this is this is a tragedy like even though these weren't even though these weren't ends this mass destruction of nature is in itself upsetting but not at least i didn't get from the movies that it's like this particular tree this one tree bears a spirit of some kind like an animism of sorts whereas in this movie it seemed like they were attributing to the elves like a uh animism like a a sense in which like each tree is like has a soul or spirit and that they don't and that they communicate with the tree and they communicate with the mountain the dwarves communicate with the mountain and Mm. is there any basis for that in the books i think the elves yes okay um i mean i'm not entirely sure they woke the trees up but yeah they're not getting their life from the trees i mean the the genealogy of the trees though is is really important and that's normal trees not not ants no those are well the I mean, trees they, they have an affinity for, the, for nature mm-hmm. but i don't think there was like they don't gain their power like that right. i mean they gain their power from eru eluvator right. I, I think mary's referencing more the the tree that a rondier had to cut down from right the exactly that he talks thing. to it not, and he apologizes yeah, not not the uh, I mean, which the 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 tree with Gilgalad and stuff. I mean, that's its own thing too. But right, right. But do the elves have like this sense of religious like, reverence? Yeah. yeah. To the, and I I think there's there might be pulling something from that. I'm not entirely sure, but I, I think there's some there's some. Yeah, I think there's something to that. It, I, I can see it makes it makes sense that he would have some kind of yeah. Not for, that he's an elf, sorry, but um, you're gonna see Isildur take the um, the remains of the tree of Gondor um, and that Sauron had taken and put it on an altar um, and. Uh, He's going to be miraculously healed as a result of this. So, I mean, Isildur is not, um, you know, that's kind of, that's Numenorian. Can I bring up to the, why, what is Hollywood's obsession when doing prequel series of, of doing the whole, what's the word? The, the fake deaths for characters we know need to be the next are gonna live why why would well, you do that it maybe it's to separate no, 
It's absolutely no suspense. Maybe it's to separate the people who know what, who know the source material but from that's, the people who don't. But that's also, I, the, I think that's also the big problem is to is, create division amongst the knaves. Yeah. Well, yeah, create division in other ways, you know, like the the whole show, like before the show came out, the, the character playing or the actor playing Deza, you know, was going through the whole Twitter like, oh, you're racist if you don't like the fact that I'm a dwarf kind of thing. Um, but more more just when you when you make shows when when you got an incredibly powerful IP that you need to work with. You you don't you don't make the show for the people who don't know the show or don't know the stories and stuff. You you need to make the show for the people who, who love the IP, who love the stories that Tolkien wrote. Right. Yeah, it just it just it looks incredibly stupid. Devil's Advocate. I, you watched it. And so did a lot of other people yeah. who weren't fans mm. of the original and, show. And we don't know right. how terrible of writers they're going to be. They may try and kill somebody off. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. they may so, have killed so them. That was the first thing. I may have missed any talk about the dwarves. I was going to say, like, mm. hey, anybody have anything positive or negative to say about the dwarves? Uh, and uh, Kaladum? Kaladum. Yep, Which I thought it was really powerful to see what their civilization had been like, and that it yes. was—it's sort of like when I first saw the Star Wars movies. I'm gonna get yeah, red, like song. blacklisted from from this podcast. But when I first saw the first three <laughs> Star Wars movies, I found it not overly inspiring or moving. And later, I realized like. I think it's because Rogue One for me was like very powerful and very moving because we got to see what was at stake kind of. Whereas mm. in the original Star Wars movies, a lot of it was like, there's people living on that computer animated planet and we blew it up, <laughs> but we never got to see the people. We never got to see what what was happening. And what, on. Yeah. Um, and I kind of feel like that was not that the Lord of the Rings movies are like that, but just the dwarf uh civilization like i don't know i thought they that it was really neat how they right portrayed it it looked amazing it looked powerful and and um intricate and that there was no inkling of that in the move to me at least there it it didn't seem as exciting and awesome in the movies um and i think that's one of the things where the lord of the rain or tolkien's middle earth is it's it's its own animal right when it comes to adaptation because there's so much backstory for right. things that you you can't spend time on it too much right right that. and um, i should clarify i didn't mean that as yeah. like an insult to the movies the lord of right. the, like no. I, I i love the lord of the rings movies they're beautiful just i guess i just thought it was a nice it added to my experience of the movies right. i guess to be able to picture yeah. now this very intricate and also the sadness of that it's currently lost that it's not right. like this you know yeah. I, I mean i'm i guess i'm not fine with always seeing the great scope and grandeur of the civilization um uh, and star wars or lord of the rings because like in star wars all of that is conveyed through imagery 
you know, the, the, the great star destroyer chasing that little blockade runner, you know, so you see a, a massively overpowered enemy fighting a, a hugely diminished rebel force. You know, so I, I think that conveys the whole civilization just in that little microcosm. Yeah. Even Lord of the Rings, like, you know, reading it, I got the village of Bree, you've got the Shire and Hobbiton, but you've got in between there and Rivendell, which is just, which in the books is just called the last homely house. Mm. Like when it's being presented to you in the Hobbit, it's just a house in the mountains. Yeah. You know, so, I mean, it, it does feel very small. Um, and, you know, you finally get to Gondor, but that's a walled city. Like, I, you know, you never really, uh, I, I, you know, I'm one of those guys that wants to think about, like, the economics of things. I'm like, well, Gondor, Rohan, doesn't seem like there's much going on here. Yeah. You know, but I, I, I'm, I'm glad we're starting to see more of the scope of the civilization in these movies. I mean, in the Rings of Power. Yeah. As made like, up, like it Mordor, right. there's a bunch of holes in the ground, there's a volcano, and there's Barad-dûr, right? And, mm. and Minas Morgul. Like, how is that an empire? It doesn't right. make sense to me. You know? well, well, actually, also... actually, to be that guy. Uh, <laughs> so with Mordor, the way it is, you know, the kind of like sea mountain range. Um, yeah, it's a right angle of mountains, which doesn't happen in nature. Yeah. Um south, I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> southeast of Mordor. So you got the the mountain range there, you know, and you got all the the, the volcano and stuff. Talking about Harad and near Harad. Yeah, you got the Black Gate. And then you got south southeast of there. There's a there's a lake. I forget the name of the lake. Around that area is a lot of enslaved humans and stuff that are Mordor's source of food and water and all that stuff. So they're enslaved people there, working farms, doing stuff like that to to um, feed Mordor's armies. Yeah, Which I don't think that's used, ever touched yeah. on in the films, is it? Um, like You never no. see a farm in Mordor. It looks like no. you know, completely... Yeah. Like, like it's basically like a threat threatening to come for civilization not that there's part of civilization already right like i think that's i think that's that's the stylistic choice they wanted to they wanted to do for that because it's like how how did how do these works multiply how do they have all this stuff and um how do they survive out here and they, they must be incredibly strong that you know they live in a desolate wasteland kind of thing and i think it it just gives more credence to their maliciousness and and you know how how dangerous they could be yeah i mean even lord of the rings you don't um that must come in the histories or something because all you you read about with mordor is that his fortress at bardur is rebuilt Mm. the black gate and you what what i love in narnia and lord of the rings is that you see a lot of the remnants of a once great civilization you know, like the um, Argonoth, the Amonsul, you know, the, the Great Watchtower. Mm. And that, I love those sorts of things. Or the, like the ruins of Ker Paravel in Narnia. That that gives scope enough for the imagination for me. 
but you don't understand how there could be a Roman empire here. There's no, you know, Appian way, like there's no system of governance and um, mm. economics. And you don't get that. Right. And I guess with elves, it's one thing because it's like, yeah, they I don't, can think, I don't think elves really need to eat in Tolkien's universe. I think they, they just exist. You yeah, know? that rabbit food the dwarves are talking about in the movies. Yeah. <laughs> and they and they eat, you know, they 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 enjoy eating, you know. It's like it's it's that I think that's the the thing that's a lost art in in our even our humanity is eating for pleasure, you know, for the sake of of experiencing the food not just for the intake of energy that our body needs you know that i think most of us just fall into all the time i know especially me where i'm just like okay i'll just throw in a frozen pizza today because i'm tired i don't want to make anything right can we do a little conjecture about what's going to happen in season two because like re well my research with farazone and miriel i'm like oh now we see what's going to happen here. Mm. And I, can we, uh, okay, it will speculate for season two too. But another important thing to bring bring up is this, this something that Mary touched on earlier is elevating these female characters so that they're like creating these Mary Sues out of characters that don't need to be like that, you know? Um, because it yeah, Galadriel, explain, Galad- uh, Mary Sue, oh. yeah, Galad. Um, I don't know the technical definition of it, but it's essentially a Mary Sue is a character where, and uh, I think there might be a male equivalent to this or not, but usually a female character is this Mary Sue, um, that just is good at everything and can't do or isn't bad at anything at all and just like the quick definition is an author's idealized self-insertion yeah <laughs> they serve, serve as a form of wish fulfillment <laughs> yeah and so it's like there there's nothing these characters can do wrong that everyone around them is brought down to the level of idiots for the sake of the elevation of of this character right. like like for example the scene in numenor the fight scene the training fight scene with Galadriel and the Numenorians. Um, Numenor's supposed to be like very strong military. They're supposed to be very strong militarily. And all the all these characters who are brought in there are just like bumbling idiots practically. Uh there's a there's a particular YouTuber that I watch. His name's Sh- uh Shad Brooks. His uh YouTube channel is called Shadiversity. And he he loves he he's like classically trained in medieval weaponry so he he knows what you know you're supposed to do in a fight i was classically trained in medieval weaponry (laughs) yeah (laughs) i don't know but he is um but he has videos all the time um breaking down fight scenes and movies he's always talking about a bunch of different medieval weapons and he comes he comes from it from a realistic point of view and he understands that you need to film things cinematically in a certain way oh excuse me but the way that they're portraying that fight scene was just abysmal uh in terms of how you would really fight in real life and just the way it was filmed um there's just 
characters just making these wide, easily telegraphed uh, uh, strikes and strokes and stuff with your weapon. Um, yeah, it felt kind of like a high school play. Yeah, yeah. incredibly me. like a high school play. Not to, or just to kind of simplify, because I'm having a hard time. I mean, if, right now. <laughs> if that was a high school play, it would be a very well done high school play. But yeah, and then as, I found you. If you, I mean, Galadriel if you, wasn't telegraphing her moves, the other dudes definitely. Yeah. If or I mean, even she was, but it was it just was like they the they had to make her. make the rest of everybody just an idiot, just for the sake of making her look super badass right. mm-hmm. or ba- ba. I'm sorry. Um, <laughs> Of course, those guys the, were conscripts. You know, they yeah, were like yeah. fresh. Yeah. Um, boot camp. Which also, that's another example of, and maybe this is in the books, but the fact that they kept saying that thing about the sea is always right was just Yeah, that's like, totally made up. Totally it just seemed up. like there was a theme that to me was not unintentional that was very, um, I don't know, like kind of new age-y that like, these people kind of worship the sea or have this personified relationship with the sea and the dwarfs sing to the mountain and they ask the mountain for things and right you know all that and and the tree like talking to the tree and apologizing to the tree which i am all for avoiding cutting down trees i'm not here advocating for cutting down trees unnecessarily but just i don't know lorax i am i am (laughs) um no just it just felt to me a little bit forced i guess yeah no totally I guess from a storytelling perspective, they're trying to make sure you knew like, hey, these are mariners. These are seafaring mm-hmm. people. You know, like that had some kind of mystique to it. I don't know. I thought they were trying to say, just so we know, they're all pagans. <laughs> and yeah. They, yeah. <laughs> they all they all worship the created world. <laughs> One of the, uh, I think, sad downfalls of creating that mantra, I guess, is the scene when uh, the Numenorians are on their way to the Southlands and uh, I think Galadriel asked Arendil, Arendil, yeah, uh, what happened to his wife? Arendil. Yeah, Uh, what happened to his wife? Yeah, Aaron. Arendil is his father. Uh, Uh, Arendil. They asked her what happened. Yeah. yeah. And they Um, asked what happened to his wife or she asked what happened to his wife and one, he just goes off on this tangent that didn't make any sense to the question and then he finally ends up with she drowned right see is always right i guess yeah yikes did he say it right there did he say the sea is always right no 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 but no you know you just you keep that callback in the back of your mind right right because that's what struck me when they kept saying the sea is always right is i was like so you guys think that if someone dies at sea like that yeah, you know. she is always right. She's a witch. Or, even, I don't know. Yeah. She's not a witch. Yeah, yeah. and it's um, not even a. It, I think it would have made more sense if they would have had like, what was it Ul, Ulmo, who is the the like god of the sea? I mm-hmm. think if they yeah. would have like kind of added him to that. I don't know. Oh yeah, or Yavanna. I'd love to. You know, the goddess yeah. of the land or plants. Yeah, I mean, I could see, I could see the the going off of what Mary was saying. I can see the attachment to the different gods that for those particular avenue stories. You know, you got Ulmo with the sea and the Numenorians. You got Aule with uh, the dwarves and the mountains and stuff. Yeah, and then let's see some Yavana with the to these gods. The, yeah. yeah, which yeah. also that tangent that 
that what's his name? Numenor? No, Numenor is the place. What's the name of Isildur's father? Ellen Deal. Ellen Deal. That he is saying that thing about like I've always seen the sun set over here and the 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 sunrise over the like I've always seen the sun set over the ocean and the sunrise over land. But isn't Numenor, which I know that sensation because I grew up on the south shore of a lake. Uh-huh. And then whenever we go like to the beach on the Gulf Coast, it's kind of that phenomenon of like, why is the sun setting over there? You know, <laughs> um, but don't they live on like an island, like a not terribly yeah. big island? So I would, no, and he's a, a big island, though. Well, and he's a sailor. Yeah. So I just I would have thought like that. Him being a sailor, a that yeah. basically that he would have seen the sun set from various angles. Yeah. Around. yeah. <laughs> and then I don't around think it really went that far that the sun would be setting a different angle right right i guess so well just they also they also teleported that far too well and the earth is still flat at this point right you mean it's not now this is this is after um this is after the calamity because it i mean what are you talking about (laughs) balerian doesn't exist anymore at this point yeah that's true there's there's a point in the story or the point in the original creation because they one of the problem or another problem with amazon is that they've uh they've shrunk the second age down Uh, a lot of these characters are meeting characters that would not exist at this point in the story um or have been dead by this point there there's a point where um things get so bad in middle earth that um eru like no, Eru, who's like the the one god of this universe um he like destroys part of the land and like and then makes the earth uh circle because it used to be flat and then he makes it round and then destroys this chunk of land but but um, yeah i was right it, it, and i think it hasn't happened yet it's the earth still flat right now okay and when numenor sinks um so it happens in second age 3319 um um Arda is transformed from a flat world into a round planet. Right. So that happens at the same time Numenor. Yeah, same is, time uh, thrown into the sea. Collapses, yeah. Into okay. the sea. Okay, I and guess then, that's the like, timeline I missed up. So they're not yeah. allowed to use the Silmarillion. Where what other source material do they have for like yeah. Numenor sinking and stuff? So they that all they have from uh I mean Scott can call or probably bring this up. They have the rights to uh the hobbit the lord of the rings and the appendices inside each of those books okay okay so there there is some there is some stuff in the appendices yeah there's a good bit of stuff there's a good bit of stuff things that they could reference and stuff but not enough that they had to like really tiptoe around a lot of stuff Mm. Like and you know you've got the pro, pretty lengthy prologue in Lord of the Rings. You know you see kind of like what you see in the movie with Peter Jackson, Galadriel talking about the forging of the rings. Uh, you have Elrond referring to the breaking of the world. So a lot of you know history is referred to throughout the Hobbit and Lord of the Rings. So I, but yeah, it's it's um, it's very strange because you know you can't think of this as earth Mm. 
at least you can't think of it as a globe, right? And at the equator would be a hot place because you had lamps instead of the sun. I mean, you it's there's a lot of it's it's kind of like if you're a Hebrew, um, thinking about um you're not thinking about heliocentrism, right? For a Hebrew, the the earth is a womb surrounded by water. So I mean it's a very it's completely different way of thinking about uh, geography. Right. Or like, aren't there some, weren't there some belief systems that like that the world, the known world was like on the back of a turtle or things like that. Like that. Um, yeah. The turtles all the way down. <laughs> yeah. Just, just the fact that like they had, there was no concept. There was no. And, and I mean, even to us from our perspective, um, so the Sea of Rune is is a large sea that then shrinks, um, kind of the reverse of um, the Black Sea at the at the Noah's flood. I, I think that the breaking of the world is kind of like a reference to Noah's flood, and, and with Numenor sinking, definitely the the sinking of Atlantis. Hmm. But um, the the land bridge. Uh, separating the Mediterranean Sea and the Black Sea um, broke, you know, at, at some point. That's why the Black Sea became much larger. Now, archaeologically, you can still see like Neolithic villages buried underneath the waters of the Black Sea. So, I mean, it's, you see something like this happening in the real world, um, even in the same, near the same countries where this where Tolkien's map is uh, referencing, like uh, Mordor is supposed to be Turkey and the Black Sea is right next to Tur Turkey. The Sea of Rune is like the Black Sea. So you've got a lot of commonalities happening here, but hmm. not, not to get into that, that too much, sorry. Yeah. <laughs> That's fascinating to me, but you know. Yeah. I know the, the last topic I, I would want to touch on is the writing and that infuriated me <laughs> there was a lot of like there was a lot of dialogue that tried to sound smart like for example the in episode one the why does it do you know why a ship floats and a stone sinks because the stone's always looking down what yeah what that's not how that works yeah <laughs> yeah yeah, uh, and then going One back does to the, not merely try to mimic Tolkien's writing. <laughs> yeah, it, it was like it was like painful, painfully cringe. Yeah. And the uh, the other one I uh, off the top of my head is back at the fight scene or the training fight scene in Numenor. Galadriel comes out and she's like, "I'll keep it simple for you. The easiest way to kill an orc: thrust and twist." What? Yeah, like, anything will thing. die if you thrust <laughs> yeah. it. And, and actually, uh, going back to Chad Brooks that I was talking about earlier, he was saying a gut wound is not going to kill anybody right away. I mean, it'll kill somebody eventually, but it takes a really long time to kill somebody with a gut wound. You want to you want to stab him in the head or the, the heart or something like that. You don't stab right. him in the gut and twist. Maybe if you do the, the twisting, you might, you know, that might well, be... It, it's maybe, thrusting but you can slicing. Yeah, you can. Who slices? Yeah, yeah, and 
you it's can it's you can actually su- surprisingly survive a long time with a gut wound even even with a twist for several hours even you'll bleed out and die eventually but if you're trying to dispatch a foe right now you know you don't you don't do that you cut off their head you stab in the heart you know things like that this sounds like something we should take to a catholic nerds myth busters yeah yeah let's stab eric in the gut Now, All right. now, I'm definitely going to be sitting down for a little while. You, uh, you okay, I might need my lawyer. Uh, <laughs> I thought Scott, you were going to say we should have a, like, a training. Well, I guess that is what you were saying. No, you're saying Mythbusters. Yeah. I thought you were going to say we should have like a, a combat training series. Yeah. What's more effective? Yeah. Stab and twist or talking to them about rock sinking (laughs) what kills them faster (laughs) right yeah i think the the only like uh because there's all all this pretentious like instead of just saying something outright they have to make like a rep they have to make it sound poetic right Uh, and meaningful yeah the only one that actually worked was one I think it was in the the last or the second to last episode where where Deza and Durin the fourth Durin just got told by his father that you know he can't do the Mithril and stuff and Deza's kind of mad she's like like hammering on something and a comment she says about like uh about slag or something like that which is kind of a reference to forging and, and things like that I thought that was like the only one that worked for me all the other ones which, were just like trying way too hard. Which that whole plot line too kind of felt like okay, so we had to have a father and a son where the father wants to show restraint and the son wants to mm. do something and they butt heads about it. It just felt kind of like I don't know. I, I can't quite put my finger on it, but it felt like would they really be arguing this much about this? Or you know, I don't know. I right. feel like Gilgalad had some good lines, um, some meta lines, like when he said, um, the same wind that seeks to blow out a fire may also cause it spread. Yeah, right. that's a good line. Because uh, right. we got uh, Mordor got all spread fire. Right. Oh, <laughs> Which, yeah. No, wouldn't that's everyone, the last thing I want to talk about. Wouldn't everyone have died that was in that massive thing of ash of smoke inhalation and ash technical term pyroclastic flow it's an actual thing when a volcano erupts um have you ever seen pictures of uh the aftermath of pompeii yeah that's what i was thinking the whole time i was like why aren't they encased in maybe this is like lost and they're all dead that cloud that comes out of mount doom pyroclastic flows have been measured on in degrees of the thousands right no one would survive that right and they come back after that and like nobody's hurt at all or barely hurt i mean mean, then again talking about sam and frodo would not have been able to actually walk into mount doom granted but though because it's not an actual volcanic eruption right i mean it seemed like it did i mean it because it 
it's water gushing into magma and then right. the, with the, that the, rapid expansion like blowing yeah no they, they i mean they portrayed it as an eruption but yeah, yeah. the mechanics of why or how they did that would not work uh, it's not just getting water into the volcano to make it erupt you have to i mean water can make water to make a volcano erupt water has to get in when the volcano is completely sealed i mean think like a think like a two liter of, of soda right right and you build know, up pressure and it's got to build up pressure before it'll yeah. blow the blow the top off um so water can seep in from under the ground it can get into the the cavity where the lava is creates steam creates pressure and then but the fact that the water got poured in there means it's not it's not sealed so it would not create steam that fast it just i mean like the pyroclastic flow it's usually not just air not just superheated steam or fire right. it's, it's like lightning and stuff too well uh, or like a, a, a tsunami of uh superheated mud Right. Uh, or or lava itself since they they just got a nice good gust of something you know they didn't have the uh, they got cheeto dusted yeah. as everybody made fun of it well that's the thing is like I, when i saw it i thought well this seems like it would be a pompeii situation and yet everyone's walking around and or let's say the, the herculaneum even, right because pompeii was a pyroclastic flow herculaneum was the the superheated air Okay, right. which still would be devastating. Um, but then I was like, okay, let's allow for a moment that it's like this, that it's like what they're showing where they're all walking around in thick smoke and mm. none of them are dying from smoke inhalation. None of them, yep. right? I mean, that would, that would kill you. <laughs> and they're, they're walking in it for days and no problemo, everyone's fine. <laughs> Okay. I, so I, I have an argument for this. Here we go. It was in the script. That <laughs> <laughs> yeah. everyone You're right. okay. <laughs> the, my and hat. the elves are like always partly in this world, partly in the shadow world, anyway. So I could see Galadriel being, you know, being okay I mean, with all Yeah, that. you could you could make some arguments of that. But like yeah. I, I think a lot of this stuff, a lot of these critiques are nitpicky. And but, but we love I think doing it's, that. Yeah, sure. <laughs> uh, <laughs> and yes, I agree. Sorry. Um, but I think it's I think it's more just the general writing of the show, how poorly it's written, the dialogue, the the changing of a lot of stuff, the adding of characters that don't need to be there. I think I think the overall product lends to hyper criticism. If that makes if that makes sense. Because like if if it was written better, I don't think a lot of those things like the pyroclast, everybody surviving a pyroclastic flow would bother me as much. But it bothered me, it bothers me more because I dislike the rest of the product as well. So I'm going to be even more critical. <laughs> right, that. right. Mm -hmm. That's you know? very true. Whereas like, I, I can, I can say, I, I like bad movies. I mean, there's, there are bad movies that I like. And I understand them in the context that they are. Like the Super Mario Brothers movie that I love bringing oh, up all the time. so great. I, I love that movie. But it's a terrible movie. It really is. It's, yeah. It, but it's but in the context of what it is. They, they didn't have a billion dollars to make that movie. They didn't have a billion dollars. Yeah, have y'all seen the trailer for the new one? 
Uh-huh. Yeah, I, I'm not sure about Chris Pratt as Mario, but I, I, I understand. I understand why they have a regular character, or they have a regular actor, and not the the actor who's played Mario for like 30 years, um, because he can't do a full length movie in that voice. He can only do clips and lines. So understand. Mario. I'm not sure. I mean, I until I see the movie, I think I I will give it a chance. Um, just like the same thing with the Sonic movies, I I gave it a chance. Uh, and I I love the Sonic movies too, and they're they're very kiddie. The fir- I want to watch the first one before I watch the second but one. The Eric, one's yeah, free on yeah, you have to you have to watch Sorry. both. Yeah, Eric had order. a point. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah, but uh, yeah, just the 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 bad writing of of just everything, the product as a whole, just lends to a very hyper criticism of of every little thing every nitpick and just in it compounds ridiculousness upon ridiculousness i don't know it just yeah can can we um can we talk about like that i think hold on because we've been talking for over an hour and a half now yeah and we have (laughs) two other uh possibly three other interviews to do with people about the rings of power so we don't need to explore every topic in this one but but what what was scott gonna say i want to hear yeah go ahead why don't we say maybe this is the last thing well i mean it's the the next four seasons um because this wait there's gonna be five there's five yeah playing out five seasons remember that guy you said with the cool beard Who's yeah, like charismatic, yeah. the charismatic political leader? Yeah, his name's Farazon, yeah. or however you say it. Our um, Farazon, when he, he uh, takes over as king. Yeah, he's supposed to uh, marry. Mary, he's supposed to marry Miriel. All right, and then uh, he takes Sauron captive, and Sauron basically becomes his great advisor, and uh, and then he leads him to set up like this terrible dark religion to melkor uh where's like sauron leads numenor numenorians to start worshiping the lord of the dark mm. and they all get destroyed and all you have left is a sealed door and a lindial so they so, gotta they gotta get a sealed door back too spoilers he's, de- he's dead but i mean that's that's some dark stuff that's going to start yeah. going down. Yeah, but I had no clue about any of that. And now I know everything. This next <laughs> season's going to suck. Yeah. Well, I don't know how long it's going to take to do that. And then, you know, and right. then you have the last, the war of the last great alliance. That better be done well. Yeah. I mean, that's Are all. You're trying to act like timeline. you know what they're talking about. No, I know what they're talking about there. Oh, is that it's the it's the beginning of the fellowship? Yeah, oh, okay, got it, got it. I knew that one. There were Sauron's coming and like <laughs> that reference. Oh, well, so mace. so real quick, just that's another concern I have with the show is I feel like already they've tried to set Sauron up with a somewhat sympathetic backstory backstory of some kind. Not totally mm. clear what it is. Um, the Urukai guy is supposed to be somewhat sympathetic. Yeah, he like disappears. Yeah, that just really disappears. (laughs) That, like, to me, part of Lord of the Rings ethos is that, like, evil is very evil and not, you know, and that it feels like we're setting ourselves up to kind of muddy the waters. They're they're going the Disney and Marvel route. Or, sorry, Scott, go ahead. 
Oh, I was just saying, like, what Frodo says about Aragorn, like, I feel like a servant of the Dark Lord would look fairer and seem fouler. And mm -hmm. we have Hallbrand uh, looking fairer and seeming fouler. <laughs> yeah, I, I honestly, because I don't know the lore, I thought for a minute that uh, uh, Halbrand and Galadriel were going to be a thing. Well, yeah. well, they clearly were setting them up. A dark like, like they, 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 he specifically were, said that he wanted yeah, to be a thing. This is true. They did. But he even before on. that, at <laughs> that point, I actually already figured he was Sauron. Well, we all did, right? We all knew he was Sauron at that point. But, um, like, I, I, I Sauron's in the Sauron's like in the X Men. Remember, you know what I'm talking about? The pterodactyl guy. Yes. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> anyways uh <laughs> they're spelled the same they are they are they are spelled the same it confused me for a while like are they doing what i what are they doing? <laughs> he he's in a character in the uh lost planet the lost world yeah which okay so wait i don't know if this is what y'all are saying but also they were pronouncing sauron very differently how were they, they pronouncing it? Sauron. They kept saying Sauron. And I was like, You forgot the part. Sauron. Sauron. They were trying the to distinguish it from Sauron. That's, That's what it was. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Anyways, uh, what was I saying? Now I don't remember what I was saying. I'm sorry that you, that you picked up that they were setting him up as a thing. And oh, yeah. And so, like, I was like, Huh, I wonder, because he had kind of an Aragornish look right oh and so yeah. i was like i wonder if like this is like he was wondering if like galadriel was aragorn's Aragorn, ancestor it, it, yeah so oh yeah which that and would then be i got confused because look. because i was like wait wasn't galadriel the one that he had the thing with Ar wait no cody was, was very like, yeah cody was like isn't Remember, is Arwen is Elrond. Right. Arwen. So Cody was yeah, like, I wait. figured it out. I did. He was like, wait, so, isn't Elrond Galadriel's dad? Isn't isn't Elrond Galadriel? Yeah, isn't, isn't Elrond Galadriel's dad? dad? And I was just so, like, so Arwen should have no. a massive <laughs> forehead. Right. <laughs> yeah. Do you ever catch the side profile of the guy playing Elrond? Like his uh, under his jaw, right? Went out like a foot or two. <laughs> which which it's, that's what the Salimbrum Calimbrur Salimbrur guy has the same exact profile. Yeah. They have the kind of V-shaped heads. Yes. Yeah. And yet they didn't cast them as relatives. Someone has to make a movie. I do not care what it's about, where the two of them are relatives or time. Or the same person's versions. time travel. Yeah. 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 You yeah. know who else is thought dead, right? Didn't aren't isn't Kelleborn supposed to be dead? Galadriel's husband? Yes. Yeah. Well, he's not. He's not actually supposed to be dead. But um, I know, yeah, that's. What I mean, he's, but he's, he's dead. He was. Yeah. He's he's dead in, yeah. or at least missing. So he's in the he's show, gonna make a so. comeback probably right at the time when she most needs help. It's because It's because he stared at the darkness instead of looking up at the light. Yeah. Spoilers. Yeah. And he Hi. sank. It's yeah. like saying. <laughs> It's like saying, hey, you can't tell me what's going to happen after Jesus dies. That's yeah. not the whole movie yet. Which, okay. Guys, but I with, know the Bible. I don't know the Lord of Rings. With that, <laughs> you guys know that scene in Titanic, at the end of Titanic, where it's like everyone's back on the boat and it, there's debate about whether it's a dream or 
that she died and went to be with you guys know what i'm talking about right yeah, yeah. you guys know Titanic. i know so, i think about so, that scene a lot actually <laughs> do you really or are you just joking <laughs> i wish i were joking it'd be funnier but... <laughs> <laughs> well so i was 11 when that movie came out and someone told me that scene was the end of the movie and i could not believe that that was actually <laughs> how they ended the movie so i asked my older cousin (laughs) i asked my older cousin i was like hey can you tell me how does the movie titanic because i wasn't allowed to watch it how does it end (laughs) and i meant like what is the ending scene and she just stared at me she's like how does it end it sinks (laughs) and i was like yes thank you i know i know (laughs) what it sinks but i still to this day cannot believe that that's how they and i don't know it's just very if they didn't end it with that they would end it with Remember that movie? Just, hey, but that's a good I feel ending. like that would have been it's been 84 years. It's been 84 years. Pure Delamere. Yeah. <laughs> On that note. <laughs> <laughs> so what you're saying is Rings of Power is the Titanic. Basically. Yeah. They're, I've always thought that Lord of the Rings and Titanic dun, dun, are basically dun. the same movie. It's a Wait. very expensive <laughs> ship without yeah. a well-designed rudder and- yeah yeah let's hit yeah. the iceberg Riddle and watertight compartments that only go up to e-deck you know like yeah so, so with with how much amazon is bleeding with this show it's whatever they're gonna pour into season two they better kick it up and uh there's articles where whoever's um they, they're actually taking the showrunners and stepping them down forcefully yeah. Um, yeah, they're going to they're going to uh, be still on the project, but in a lesser role. Oh, okay. Um, so it's not going to have the uh, same people. Yeah, it's going to have somebody somebody else is coming in to so take some place. experience. Maybe you, you maybe. didn't do what I think you were doing, thought you were doing there. I thought you what were is, like, you were talking about with like how much the the Amazon is bleeding from it. I was like, it's gonna it's gonna be like the Titanic sinking, and right. so like to transition, and I was like, what? And, but then you didn't do it, so. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not the master of transitions. Wait, so, 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 so next yeah. season, I'm king of the essentially, yeah, <laughs> essentially the big, yeah, uh, season two. There, there. I forget which article it was, but I saw somebody talking about it. Same actors, the where right, yeah, same, right, right. same actors, totally just the showrunners are being pulled off, and then okay. uh, well, somebody else is going to come in. Yeah, and they said and within the particular article the whoever representative it was for amazon was going to say season two is going to focus more on the lore quote unquote actually yeah, breaking that's news. how they draw you in yeah so yeah. so an admission of guilt that um season one they were not concerned about the lore but breaking now they're news? like oh wow elon musk has just bought amazon and uh, <laughs> yeah gonna have a good rings of power wait he are you no. is, are you for no. real that he's bought amazon no no, he's not. Yeah, he can't, okay. he can't overpower Jeff Bezos with money. <laughs> yeah. Okay. yeah, Jeff Bezos is, uh, yeah. That's true. You guys make good points. But I mean, hey, he's buying everything else. Yeah. Um, And all that being said, as someone who's not as knowledgeable of, I know I said this before, but who doesn't have as much knowledge of the lore as you guys do, I think we still enjoyed the experience of watching the show, even though we had various criticisms of it like it it wasn't like like it was it was entertaining it to a degree like it held our interest to a degree you know i really enjoyed the dwarf wife character tremendously i I thought thought she was was, i thought she was fantastic 
Diza was one of my more favorite characters. Yeah. No. Uh, except up until the last episode, just her her total like one eighty. I'm you, not entirely sure hooked on. I mean, did, I, did you I hear the it. creepiness in her voice at that one point? Yeah. What are you talking about? What point did I in the last in the last episode when she was like, "We are gonna go over to your father and we're gonna stick it to him or whatever." Yeah, she says. <laughs> but, but it was. But a, yeah, they really a, need to cast you in that role. At some it got point, incredibly like, dark. Her voice like went kind of like evil at some point and like her eyes like glowed a little more than yeah yeah and i was like eyes normally do well then her she has like gold eyes do you not know she has like golden eyes but they like they like lit up okay i'm gonna have to go back yeah and like it it, like her voice just dropped an octave or something like a demon was talking through her or something there there was the balrog at the bottom of right um, yeah yeah what a tease what a tease or which that yeah. too, the, the Balrog looked, now maybe there's illustrations in the books or something, but that sure as heck looked exactly like the Peter Jackson iteration of yeah. Well, yeah. Kind of like, funny exactly too, like the Rankin Bass Balrog because that right, was yeah. a guy in a suit. <laughs> but yeah, like I, I've seen I've seen comparisons on YouTube. They they literally took the exact same like right. l- literally same animation from oh, Peter Jackson's yeah. film. Yeah. So like, can they even look, legally do that? Like they don't own the I, rights I to his films, do they? I think whatever production company that that made it, they own. I I forget okay. exactly, but I I remember seeing somebody say, "Yeah, they can." But well, wouldn't know. it be fantastic if they just brought in Peter Jackson? Yeah, yeah, it would. Yeah. Then again, he made Hobbit, so I'm not entirely. No, sure. that's a good point. Good point. All right, so, so uh, <laughs> things. Again, I know Hobbit's not a hundred percent his fault. I guess a lot of it's the studio too, and being like, we got to make a trilogy, and he was like, we could do two movies. That would be a lot better. Or we got to do a trilogy. Yeah. Okay. So his hands were kind of tied on that, but there's this thing in psychology about how human beings find three things like cody's annoyed because yeah <laughs> like when we go out on dates i'm like we need three activities no, on this I'm day like <laughs> we need three hours cody three it'll be more yeah. satisfying yeah. if we have three, three hours right yeah. our kids are screaming our kids are yeah. our kids are still yeah, we late, should wrap it up. gentlemen yeah so I, I, I like eric so we're going to be talking about this with uh jp and jd um do you have any last thoughts yeah my last thought is that if if you enjoy if you enjoyed the show that's great i mean i like bad movies too <laughs> i thought you were gonna if, say I you're, like you're garbage people who like garbage <laughs> <laughs> yeah no i can't i can't gate gate people or gatekeep people in watching the show kind of thing i i think they it, amazon incredibly made a ton of terrible decisions this product should have been way better than it is but in their hubris and in their willingness to gloat about the money they poured into it and yet spent all that money on cheap cheap uh labor and and effects and, and all this stuff or at least uh, practical effects anyway special effects yeah they might have poured billions and billions of dollars into uh, special effects but this this should have been way better than it was and i think it's because 
instead of making a product for the fans of Lord of the Rings, you made a product for no one. If you want to made a product for Lord of the Rings fans, people who aren't Lord of the Rings fans would have loved it all the same. I think I want to talk about this for days. I'm like, I know I like to go through it. I figured you could like listening to you. Like I'm like, Holy cow. Like this could be like 18 hour episode. We need to. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you for nerding out with us. The Catholic nerds. This has been Scott Smith, Mary Reed and Cody Reed and special guest Eric Dumont. Please do subscribe to this podcast and share it with all your friends, Catholic or not. And remember, In this one holy Catholic and apostolic church of ours, nobody goes off trail and nobody walks alone. No. (laughs) We wait for you.